Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 2, Episode 28. Today we're talking Keenan and Kel, Two Heads Are Better Than None, from 2000, directed by Michael Grossman. I'm Joel Scola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm henceforth be known as Connor Boo Boo the Fool McGraw. Welcome to the dumpster. Oh, here goes. Chancy. I mean, this is Halloween, the night when all the creepy things were supposed to stalk the earth. It deals with demons, demon resurrection, and those forces which roam the forest and dark bowers of man's domain. The first few pages warn that these enduring creatures may lie dormant, but are never truly dead. It's Halloween, gentlemen. Halloween, have you forgotten? They're coming to get you, Barbara. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Trick or treat. Uh, before we get going, uh, I am Boo Boo the Fool, because apparently I said <laughs> last season about a certain movie that they will never hear this episode, and I called someone a moron. <laughs> <laughs> and then that quote was thrown in a trailer... Uh, for that movie by the people who made it, because they did listen to that episode. So, uh, to everyone who made Dark Forest, you're a bunch of classy good sports, and I appreciate you, and I'm sorry if I insulted anyone. <laughs> I'm not sorry at all. I'm not sorry either. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> that movie fucking sucked. It, it's bad, <laughs> but, like, you know, thanks, I guess, for uh, including us. Thanks for... Thanks for immortalizing me being really shitty and petty. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I guess, yeah, that's, you know what, thank you for that. In trailer form. <laughs> and here's to the next one, guys. I hope your next film is good and you've learned from your mistakes. I hope it's better. But you guys take criticism really well and you balled it up into an advertisement and I just have to applaud that, so. Yeah. There it uh, is. Also, by the way, this is a comedy show, so. Yeah. Just, just, is it? just saying, wink, wink. Holy shit! Elbow, elbow. This, this is a serious film discussion. Okay, <laughs> this is a serious film. I look, never make another film again. There is, there is plenty of artistic merits in Keenan and Kel. Two heads are better than none. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna okay. say there actually are. I'm gonna cut you off right there. You know what I'd rather watch than Dark Forest? Keenan and Kel. <laughs> Two heads are better than none. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be watching Good Burger, to be honest. <laughs> this fucking movie. I, what, uh, what, in what movie has less happening in it is a better question. Oh, yeah, that's a good comparison. What? <laughs> Did I watch the same movie? Y- you know what? This this wins because it has a monkey playing a piano. Oh, Chimparachi. Yeah, Chimparachi, uh, baby. I have like... a whole timeline for that guy we're going to get to later. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, I already mapped this shit out in my head. Oh man, I'm ready. I spoke to John Hurt before we got on the uh, old microphone here. Is this uh, is this gonna be like transcending Cybo Man? Is this like another evolution of Cybo Man? You know, you're 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 burying the lead. Joe. A- am I hot or cold? It might have something to do with Cybo Man, but we'll get to it. <laughs> I didn't make that connection because I was too busy leaning back, going like, "What the fuck was 1990s Nickelodeon?" Like, what the f- <laughs> yeah, okay. 
So 90s Nickelodeon. Yeah, but this is 2000. Well, this is... Okay, I'm going to lay down the fucking Keenan and Cal trivia for you guys. Okay, drop it. Drop that shit. So Keenan and Cal, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I think it was on for three or four fucking seasons, and as a young adult, a uh, uh, preteen, I guess I was, um, I fucking loved this show. Oh, yeah. Me and my brothers and my dad watched it every fucking week, every new episode, and uh, it w- it was a fucking regular viewing in the uh, O'Rourke house, let's say. And uh, this was the final episode. Was it really? It was of the fucking show. Yeah, it was the one. It was the one hour movie. I think it was like in a ninety minute to two hour block, and they had like these commercials, uh, basically in between like every scene. You know, with I, I want to say it was Keenan and Kel like talking about it or like doing bits. Really. Um, it feels like it. It feels like, well, it obviously feels like we're at the end of this rope. You know what I mean? It, it feels like the this is the ass end of the Keenan and Kel thing. I had no idea oh, yeah. it was the last episode, though. Yeah. Huh. Last episode slash Halloween fucking special. Right. <laughs> okay. Like a weird ass way to go out, pers- like I have to say, but I'm into it. I guess. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, all right. And for anyone too young to have either seen or remember Keenan and Kel. Keenan and Kel was just basically like the Keenan Thompson and Kel Mitchell fucking platform that they they went on to after they did all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously Keenan now has been doing fucking Saturday Night Live for God knows how long, fucking 15 years. And Kel oh my God. is doing whatever Kel's doing. He's touring. Keenan Thompson, Keenan Thompson is right now the longest tenured SNL member ever. Is he really? Wow, he beat Tim Meadows. Yes. That's amazing. I didn't know he was on for that long. That's impressive. It's impressive because he's not hes not Adam Sandler. He's not Norm MacDonald. He's right. not anyone of that caliber. And he somehow managed to avoid what's-his-face's wrath for that long. Lord Michaels? Yes. He just somehow managed to not get arbitrarily fired. He's hes good. He's not great, but he's good. He's consistent. He does he does good impressions. He's a funny guy. I mean, Keenan always makes me laugh no matter what. Like, he's totally inoffensive yeah. to me. I'm never like, oh, great. Here's this fucking jackass again. I.E. Adam Sandler. No, no, not at all. Those are my favorite parts of all that. You mentioned you mentioned Good Burger, Connor, and I have to say that Keenan and Kel must have been like the test run for fucking Good Burger because these characters are almost exactly the same, except uh, I think Kel in Keenan and Kel isn't. He's dumb, but he's not Ed dumb. No, he's 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 like obliviously childish. I guess they yes. both are. And he loves orange soda. I just thought he was an alien. (laughs) Trying to blend in and like he just can't. There very well may be an episode about that, Connor. (laughs) I think I think Kel in Keenan and Kel just doesn't have like a filter. And he's just a whack job. No. Clearly. Whereas like Ed based on this film. Whereas like Ed is just like dumber than rocks. But he makes a good sauce, you know? Ed showers in his Good Burger uniform and never takes the hat off. Yeah. Well, the hat gives him his power. <laughs> <laughs> the braids give him his power. But yeah, you know, Keenan and Kel, man, you know, Keenan's kind of like the straight guy, but he's always scheming. And you got to watch Keenan because Keenan be scheming with a plan or a plot to make it to the top. Yes. You know? But they're kind of in the middle because they're always getting caught. Thanks, Coolio, who <laughs> roughly opens this, this made-for-TV movie. If you did, if you needed an extra reminder of what time period this comes from, uh, there's your there's your uh, your battering ram of a reference. I you know I could talk about the fucking Keenan and Kel show forever. Uh, you know, Kel loves orange soda. Keenan just constantly yelling "Why" at everything Kel does. Kel fucking drives Keenan's dad crazy constantly, which happens in this movie. Surprise! But not not one why. 
He doesn't scream it. He says it like nah, regularly. Says it a lot. He says it, but not like you know his normal. The classic Keenan Why? No, we don't get that. I think everybody was sick of everything by this point. Yeah, yeah. And it, you can kind of feel it. <laughs> he's I, he's pulling the Wesley Snipes played through routine. I'm not saying it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, Keenan Thompson actually recently ushered in, uh, and all that reboot, and I think he's, like, one of the executive producers or something like that. Yeah, him and Cal, both of them are. Oh, good for them. I mean, I I think, I think the world could use a good all that reboot. I watched it on YouTube, but Kel, uh, brought back Coach Creed. Oh, man. (laughs) Fucking threw that poor bastard out a window. You know, that guy was always getting the shit beat out of him. Coach Creed was the best. He better... Bring back Repair Man or I don't give a shit. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you mean Repair Man, 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 man. Yes, man, Repair man, 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 man. I, man. I need some PRS cargo in my life, man. <laughs> See, Hell yeah, man. A little rubber ducky in there with you. Oh, yeah. Um. So, yeah, that that's, I guess, the brief history of Keenan and Cal without sitting here and just rambling on for fucking six hours like I could. It's, we had a nice little trip down memory lane. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Kind of like you with Full Moon, Yeah, Joe. well, this too. And a little bit like Connor with... Uh, with Justice League, I guess. I don't know. Connor, what what brings you back to your childhood? Sam Whipple taking all your toys? <laughs> I mean, if you want to focus on the negative. <laughs> Listen, Connor, it was an inside job. Sorry, buddy. Uh, I guess the plot crunch to this film is the fucking Rockmore family, Keenan's family, are going on their fucking vacation across the country. And Kel's mom tried getting rid of them. Yeah, clearly. Kind of like the Urkel thing, where they just, the parents don't want anything to do with them, so they just, like, leave them with the Winslows all the time. Except Urkel's a genius. True. This is true. He did not lose a screw in the tuna, like Kel. <laughs> I put the screw in the tuna. Kel fucking hides in the back trunk, and they go on this trip, and uh, shenanigans happen, and, and somehow Keenan stumbles upon the Headless Horseman, and no one fucking believes him, and it uh, all wraps up at a haunted mansion. <laughs> the, ha- the the Headless Knight, excuse me. You don't want to get sued. Oh, excuse me, yeah, copyright. He didn't throw any jack-o'-lantern heads. They straight up end up at the house from House of the Dead, except it's much bigger on the inside. Something like that. This is like this. This is like the Tales from the Crypt fucking mansion, dude. That's what it looks like. With a fucking killer doorbell. That we'll get to later. Oh, yeah. Also, I want to point out that between this and Mr. Boogity, I'm not sure which of our uh, uh, spooky antagonists is a bigger idiot. Uh, definitely this guy. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. <laughs> see, see, Boogity's just like a fucking asshole. This guy's legit stupid. This guy's an idiot. <laughs> this guy's a fucking moron. Yeah. He should have he picked a different fucking head today. A smarter one. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the original airing of this, now I don't remember this verbatim, but I did read it online and I have fucking flashbacks. Uh, they had the whole opening like they did in every other episode where Keenan and Cal would kind of walk out in front of the studio audience and they'd have this big red, like, uh, like theater curtain behind them. Yeah. And they'd do a little back and forth for like a minute and then the show would start. Now, in every subsequent airing of this, and even on the DVD, they don't include that. I don't know why. I feel like it was pretty integral to the fucking show. So, I watched this on YouTube, and that was not intact. Yeah, that's not there. It's it's apparently was only intact on the original airing from everything I could find about it. Re- okay, I guess they aired it again because... Yeah, I feel like once this was still popular, you know, maybe early 2000s, they probably aired it every year multiple times in a row. I was going to say, because the rip I saw still looked like it was broadcast on Nickelodeon, and it was like, you pick with Stick. Oh, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like Stick Stickly. <laughs> yeah, remember him? Yeah, I 
got yeah, I got ads for you stick, some kind of fucking thing going on at Nickelodeon at the time, and just I was like, I don't I have no concept of what the fuck that is. Yeah, you pick with stick with Stick Stigley, man. He was a fucking stick figure with the googly eyes. Oh no, I, I remember Stick Stigley and Face. I just don't know what this whole you stick campaign was at the bottom of the screen that it kept telling me was going on when this was airing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 write in to fucking Orlando Studios, Florida, and you tell them what fucking show you like, and then they maybe they'll send you a T-shirt or whatever. Oh man, Nickelodeon Studios, rip! Seriously, I vi- did. You guys ever get a chance to go? I went once. I went one time. It was great. I got a fucking I got a I got a Stimpy fucking doll and a fucking Ren and Stimpy shirt, and we watched uh, an episode of um, What Would You Do? Ah, wow, it was great. What did you do? Um, I don't nothing because I was like seven. Oh, okay, <laughs> fair enough. So in this version, without the opening to get us all riled up for said picture. It just kind of starts with uh, Roger Rockmore. Fucking Ken Forey himself. Ken Forey is a fucking huge man. He's also a treasure. Oh, my God. I love Ken Forey. I got to admit, it wasn't horror movies that turned me on to this guy. It was fucking Keenan and Kel. I got I to gotta be the one to admit it. Yeah, I saw him first in Keenan and Kel, and then I was like, that's the guy from Keenan and Kel in Dawn of the Dead, and that's the guy from <laughs> Keenan and Kel in From Beyond. <laughs> I don't remember what I saw him in first. I think it was Dawn of the Dead, which, like, that kind of sheds more awkward light in my childhood, because how did I see him in Dawn of the Dead before I saw him in Keenan and Kel, considering how my how my mother behaved? Yeah, that's a good question, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's nothing actually wrong with that on paper. It's also one of those things where it's like, I don't even recognize him because he's bald with glasses here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's in, like, he's in dad clothes. He does not waste a second before he's already aggravated. <laughs> And that's his state for, like, 90% of this film, which I loved because that was always the funniest part of Keenan and Kel with that character to me. Oh, yeah. He's, he's aggravated to the point where he's incurring the actual wrath of God, like, at some point. Like, yeah. He is such a funny motherfucker, too. I gotta tell you something. <laughs> yeah. He's standing there with all these packages his fucking wife keeps handing him. He's like, we're going away for two weeks. She's, like, just fucking throwing bags around his neck. He's, like, weighted down like he's got bricks on him. Another bag? Meanwhile, Keenan walks downstairs... It's gotta oh be. Oh my god! I, it's gotta be like nine in the morning, ten in the morning, and this this it, like on the morning of a trip, this motherfucker walks downstairs in a bathrobe and plaid pajamas, like, and his and his fucking hair. This hair, man, is is rough. For like the first fucking forty five minutes of this film, he's got it in like pigtails. Yeah, it it's just Keenan. What are you doing? That's a bad hairstyle. It's very two thousands. But he's moaning about the trip, and his mom's like, what are you talking about? Is your dad's favorite trip, his favorite trip, or his favorite place to go, or something like that? She's like, oh, he's so excited about it, and his dad comes in, and he's like, oh my god, this trip's gonna fucking kill me. <laughs> he's like, this is the worst trip ever! <laughs> well, not yet, because Kel kicks in the fucking door, and he's like, hi, Mr. Rockmore, we're going on vacation. He goes, you're not invited, Kel. He goes, my mother said I could go. <laughs> yeah. And he looks at his wife, and he's like, "He's like, where's my gun? <laughs> So, so Ken Forey was like, no, Kel's not going on this fucking trip. Like, for one time, can we not bring Kel to ruin everything? Anywhere. Yeah, for fuck's <laughs> sakes, in the last season, they move across the country and Kel still <laughs> he, finds they him. sure do. Christ. He shows up and he's like, it's okay, my mom said I can go. And they're like, well, we didn't. He's it's just like, he comes with a letter from his mother saying, like, please, for the love of God, take him. <laughs> 
like Kimmy Gibbler, for God's sake. I sat caught him eating a bar of soap. <laughs> I also forgot the sister was, like, madly in love with him. Me too. And I then totally I had, forgot. I, I had fucking, I, I went on YouTube. I was like, okay, yeah, this was a thing, right? And I watched a clip, yeah. uh, like a like a clip show of her, like, hitting on Kel. They don't pull any punches in this one. She's all over him. Oh, no. Well, they fuck like Joe was saying, you know, they're saying, Kel, you're not going, you're not going. Slam cut to Keenan, like, packing all the fucking uh, <laughs> luggage in the back of the car, and Kel is, like, smushed in to the middle of it all. They, they, he has cask of Amontillado, <laughs> Kel, in the back of this fucking truck, this fucking station wagon. Like, it's just... It's just... It's He's like, his, don't make a peep. Yeah, his head is just exposed, and it just shoves a fucking the last brick over his fucking face. It's pretty fucking funny. There, see, that's <laughs> the thing with this. There's like a ton of sight gags, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it's just like Keenan's dumb fucking smile and his, his fucking bobbing head all over the place and just gets a fucking yellow briefcase shoved into his mug. <laughs> so, so they hit the fucking road, and like... Keenan has, like, this idea, like, well, if we get exactly 45 miles away from the house <laughs> and they find out Kel's in the back, they won't turn around. Yeah, it's too far at that point, clearly. <laughs> like, but he's mapped it out. Like, that's the number, you know? Yeah. Like, right away, isn't Kel making noises? No, like... no, the, the the sister's like, oh, I miss Kel, I miss Kel, I miss Kel, Kel, oh, I miss Kel. And then Keenan's like, shut up. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then uh, Ken Forey pulls over and he's like, ah. I'm a little hungry. He's like, you guys hungry? And they're like, no, we're not hungry. And he's like, well, I am. So he goes in the back and opens the fucking hatch. <laughs> and he's looking for a sandwich, and fucking Kel's hand shoots out with a sandwich, and he, like, takes it? Yeah, he just... And then walks back to the driver's seat, and he's like... He uh, takes this, this ceram- the, the, the fucking plastic wrap off it, goes to take a bite, and only then does he, does he go, hold on, I've been had. <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's fucking good. He plays it perfectly, though. Like, the look on his fucking face is great. Also, the fucking, the 90s made-for-TV music, like, the, the fucking tubas or that. Burr, 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 oh, yeah. Burr, burr, burr. Probably lifted straight from the show, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the, yeah, let me tell you something. This soundtrack is, like, a little overbearing. Like, it, it should be ducked more. Like, it's so high. It is high and noticeably bad. Yeah. It also goes places I didn't anticipate it to. Like later on in the film. Oh yeah. Um. I wonder if we got the licensing for that. We'll see. I don't know. Is that what you were referring to? Yes. Okay. <laughs> a few things towards the end. Chimperachi, man. Maybe he took. He got it on loan. Anyway. Uh. So yeah. Ken Fury goes back to the truck and he's you know obviously it rips all the fucking luggage out and Kel's back there. Yeah. yeah. Starts just tearing briefcases out of the back and like, I like how he doesn't notice Kel until he sees. Three quarters of his torso bent awkwardly, you know. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Rockmore. Hi, Mr. Rockmore. <laughs> <laughs> it's it got a laugh out of me. It was, I knew he was, you know what I mean? Like, he was back there the whole time, but that shit was funny. Yeah, he goes like, oh, I was checking the engine. Yeah, oh, yeah. You got a leak. And then he's like, we're taking you home. And Kel's like, no, it's too far. You? I mean, Keen's like, no, it's too far. You can't do that. And so I like the Ken Furry's like, fine, we're leaving his ass here. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, then the mom pops up, Cheryl. She's like, oh, we can't do that. Well, she fucking regrets that decision much later. Because we're singing about a million bottles of orange soda on the wall. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I have a question. How in this universe has no one just quietly pulled Kel aside <laughs> and just and just murdered him. Just, like, slowly, just, like, put a hand over his mouth and slid a knife between his ribs, like, shh. I think Ken Forrest tried many a time if you go back and watch the show. 
there is definitely an episode that comes to mind where uh, I don't remember the all the circumstances, but Kel had been driving this guy so fucking crazy, he kept hurting himself. Yes. So Kel was banned from the house. Yes, I remember that one. And it fucking culminates where somehow Kel ends up in their bedroom, <laughs> and then fucking Roger comes in, so Kel hides under the bed. They are literally about to fuck, and then Kel, like, has to jump out because he's so disturbed by it all, <laughs> and Roger chases him around the bedroom, Kel jumps out their fucking window, and Roger jumps off the bed t- out the window after him, like, in rage. Dude, it's comedy gold, man. And that man never walked again. To be fair, this is the, like, Kel is the most tame he's ever been in this entire thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, he does some fucked up shit, but the repercussions never find their way to Roger? I mean, he has his own uh, series of plights. Yeah, well, right. But you're right. It's not all at the expense of Roger like it would be in the show, typically. Or Chris, the convenience store guy. Well, he does fuck with him a, a little, but it's. I'm saying it's never as, in, it's not as intense as on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not as intense. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I would have uh, I would have tied his ass to the roof. <laughs> well, especially after he, si- he sings this fucking song. And he stops at 11. He just, he just stops. <laughs> they get all pissed off at him. A million bottles of orange soda on the wall, and then he stops at 11. How many fucking hours was he singing this that they just had to put up with? I don't know. But, like, I, this is also what I noticed, that there's a lot of, like, and I guess this is just a product of time, like, there's a lot of, like, rubber-faced teenagers going on this movie where everyone's kind of like, ah, ah, ah. well, like, every reaction is hyperbolic and dialed up to a million. Yeah. I don't know, man. I would have fucking punched him in his face by that, you know, by that point. <laughs> I would have put a fucking pillow over his face. Are you kidding me? Like choked him, like sleeper hold him till he passes out. Just long enough for him to pass out. Yeah. Listen, Kel is Kel is fucking funny as a TV show character, but I would not want him to be my best friend. I'm just gonna put that out there. No, not at all. I wouldn't want him in my neighborhood. Well, you're laughing at the misery of everybody else. Yeah. But then when it, but then when it comes for you, it's less funny. I, I guess Keenan hangs out with this guy because he knew him since he was little, or like Kel's the only guy that ever listened to his like bullshit schemes. I think he's the yeah he's the only one who'll hang out with him. I'm pretty sure that Mr. Rockmore has Valium due to the fact that he has to deal with <laughs> Kel. So why don't we just slip him one of those in like a fucking glass of soda or some shit? <laughs> Well, then he'd really be slipping and sliding all over the fucking road. He's already, like, getting almost crashed into. No, 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 not Roger. Kel. Give it to Kel and some orange soda, yeah. Oh, Kel, yeah. the <laughs> Just passes out. Yeah, if I if I were Keen's dad, I would walk around with a small concealed tranquilizer dart, like, uh, like tranquilizer gun, like, on my person at all times in case Kel just appeared. Blow dart that motherfucker in the neck? Well, like Joe was saying, just put it in a drink. Just put him in a fucking orange soda bottle and <laughs> hand it to the guy. He's gonna drink it. Oh, there you go. Every time it works. Oh, yeah. I, I had some orange soda. I fell asleep afterwards. It happens all the time. He enjoys ham, too. Stick it in the fucking ham. Yeah, there you go. God, remember that one? I enjoy ham. So, uh, uh, nine, 990, I'm sorry, 989 million, uh, bottles of soda. Yes. However, however long that takes... <laughs> <laughs> hours wise the sun's still up so not that long <laughs> yeah it's because 20 because 24 hours have passed well there you go and they're like we're tired we need to stop and he's like okay let, he's like we're not uh roger's like we're not stopping at a motel we're gonna camp and then they're like we don't want to fucking camp dad and he's like okay <laughs> kel calls his ass out hard he's like yeah keaton your dad's just cheap yeah <laughs> so they just 
end up in the woods around a fire? Yeah, they just, they just they just find the woods. It just wipes to a fucking campfire, and they're all sitting around the fire. And then Roger pulls out a fucking uh, acoustic guitar. <laughs> he has a beautiful voice, though. Doesn't he? Yeah, doesn't he start singing "Home on the Range"? Yeah, he has a very uh, a very high pitched singing voice. Yeah, he's singing fucking "Home on the Range" like Buster Scruggs. He's like, "Home, home on the range." It's like perfect. And Keenan and Kel just look perturbed the entire time. By the way, Ke- Kel is eating a stick. Oh yeah. Uh, during this entire sequence, and <laughs> oh, continues yeah. to eat a stick for the next. 25 minutes yeah he's like i'm roasting a stick you want some and keenan's like no i'm good further further uh pushing the theory that kel is not human uh and that he came here from a distant planet which is why his mother doesn't want him he might be he might be a gnome who knows eating fucking bark and shit oh shit he's like a really he's like a a, just like a like a half brain dead version of superman he came from some other planet and his mom's like (laughs) dumb why are you so dumb meteor man dude he came from planet good burger there you go (laughs) but then at I can't remember if oh this happens first. Doesn't the, did the Shellys appear? The Sheldons pop up first. Roger goes, "Hey, you guys want to tell some ghost stories?" Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and Kel starts talking about the fucking when the bread went in the toaster oven. It started to you know smoke and get hard, and it start it made a loud bang. There was no jelly or jam, so I used butter instead of cinnamon sugar. And then Keenan freaks out and is like, "He said ghost story, <laughs> not toast story." <laughs> Oh, I don't have any ghost stories. Uh, that didn't do that for you? I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. So then Roger starts breaking out his. He's like, the bloody cemetery. And Keaton's all spooked. He's like, ah, ah, yeah, oh, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, oh, you know, the fire's getting a little low. Uh, I got to get some wood. Got to go out and, you know, get some wood. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm a vegetarian. Uh, see ya. I, I don't remember why he says that, but I thought that was odd. What a what a ball of anxiety he is. Like, yeah. Do you blame the guy? <laughs> no. <laughs> His best friend's Cal. He's in the woods with his parents. He doesn't want to do this shit. He just wants to, like, get to the destination and be done with this shit. (laughs) So, the fucking, these people, the Sheldon, show up? Oh, my God. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's their last names? Is it the Sheldons? Shelly and Shelly Wilson. Wilson. The Wilsons. Okay. But they constantly refer to as the Shellys because they call each other Shelly and Shelly. Yeah. Yeah, and they're 100% serial killers who were definitely busy when the when the Rockford stumbled upon them in the middle of the woods. Well, I hate to break it to you, Connor, because female Shelly, let's call her, made a uh, little appearance in a film known as Friday the Final Chapter. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Bonnie Hellman. Oh the fucking hitchhiker, man. <laughs> this is Banana Lady. <laughs> yes. she She's eating that banana, and Jason gets it through the fucking back of the neck, and the banana just goes limp and hits the ground. She fucking squeezes that banana right out of its peel. <laughs> that's her ghost. She can't leave the woods. It's <laughs> Well, that's why she needs all that ketchup to, you know, you know, replicate the blood that streamed down her neck. Oh, I remember when I was stabbed in the back of the neck by Jason Voorhees. And then I met my husband, who was also stabbed in the back of the neck by Jason Voorhees. How'd you live? Ah, this nice British man came down in his car, <laughs> and he supplied some medical uh, bandages to my neck. Kept going on about Frankenstein. I'm not really sure. Now... <laughs> Neither did he. He seemed to shrug his shoulders and leave afterwards. You know what? Good for you, Bonnie Hellman. You got another fucking role. (laughs) And she is chipper as fuck in this movie. Oh, yeah. Well, they both are her and the other fucking whack job. Yeah, they're they're the uh, the obnoxious tourists you'd never want to meet. Who are in the middle of the night just looking for other campers 
so they can ask for ketchup? Thanks for the ketchup! <laughs> That's their fucking catchphrase for the rest of this fucking film. Gets me every time. What were y'all doing? Were you, were you, you were just wandering the woods going, there's got to be someone else camped out here who has ketchup. <laughs> Question mark, dude. I don't know. It's not like going to your neighbor's house and asking for sugar. Like it's maybe, yeah. Which I, which no one does anymore. <laughs> they get their ketchup, and this is when Keenan walks off. You know, acting like he's not scared, and uh, of course it's you know they got the fucking mist on the ground just to emphasize how cold out and scary it is. Oh, it's spooky forest. Medea runs by him. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does get. Uh, he does run by Keenan. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wrong movie. <laughs> Actually, a, a, a suit of armor runs past Keenan. Oh yes, uh, and ha- and and has the least intimidating voice I've ever heard uh, for any ghoul, phantom, uh, it, ghost, goblin, anything. He this thing appears and goes, "Hello, I would like your head, please." <laughs> it would be nice if you'd hand me your head. Bye. Hand it over. <laughs> Head it over. Are you headed my way? <laughs> well, where, are you, where are you going? Come back. Are you head over heels scared or what? I think Keenan ran from his fucking, you know, his non-threatening. He's like, there's a guy out there being really weird in a suit of armor. Yeah. Well, that that's the first thing, right? So, okay, so here's a weird thing. Like, he sees him in, this, in these woods, right? Right. He's not an illusion. Are, are we all together on that? Yes. Yeah. I, I see where you're going with this. Okay. Why is he there? Ah. Because you have to get this premise set up already. We only got 40 more minutes to go. Yeah, I, th- I think Connor just nailed it. <laughs> but we don't even know the legend yet. It- it's a made-for-TV Nickelodeon <laughs> movie that's like the culmination of the Keenan and Kel series, so... W- within the next five minutes, there's going to be a monkey playing a piano. I don't think logic matters. <laughs> no, I-, I understand that, but it's just like, why didn't we have that scene first? Just so this makes a little bit more sense? I guess. It's it- it's convenient plot, just because. Fuck it. Much like a scene later when he sees it. Yeah, it's so everyone could tell him he didn't see anything. You're an idiot, Keenan. Nothing's out. Even Kel. And they're they're all laughing about how, oh, yeah, you didn't see shit. But Kel grabs the fucking guitar as, like, a, a last defense. And Cheryl, uh, Keenan's mom, jumps out and scares him. And I don't know what the fuck happened here, but Kel had some kind of miscommunication. And he clogs her ass in the back of the head like Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> oh, d- oh, you fucking... God damn it, you took the Jeff Jarrett joke from me. <laughs> Kel broke 10,000 guitars and never drew a dime. <laughs> as as someone said on that famous WCW documentary. <laughs> it's sad how true that is, though. Did you know that was an antique guitar? Uh, well, I'm glad he didn't break it. Was is the key word. I was going to say, like Quentin Tarantino apparently did. Yeah, well, Keenan and Kel was like, they did it first, so... <laughs> In your fucking in your eye, Quentin. That Quentin Tarantino is a closet Keenan and Kel fan. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's my little homage to two heads are better than none. That would not surprise me in the slightest. <laughs> and then he would go on stage and like accept a reward and then shout out to Keenan and Kel and make it really awkward for everybody. Uh, thanks to Keenan and Kel and the Ventures. Thank you. That ghetto <laughs> in the whole room goes quiet. Thanks to every 70s exploitation movie to inspire me to rip them off thanks you're way too subdued for that question (laughs) (laughs) thanks for every 70s film so the next morning (laughs) they're driving uh you know cheryl's got a ice pack on her head kel's got no fucking remorse for whacking her he's just like yeah deal with it asshole he was like hey you slept well i'm like hey she's probably concussed yeah i think roger even says that she was she was knocked out what are you talking about kelly's like ah she slept well no she has brain damage fuck it we're going to the tourist trap well joe you know it's it's not any tourist trap they're going to captain spaulding's museum of monsters (laughs) and madmen 
fried chicken and gasoline. Come on. Oh, man. Well, they, they do, don't they? They are going to a legally distinct Ripley's Believe It or Not exhibit. <laughs> it's even called Believe It or Not. Like, they just took out Ripley. I've got a through line for this, and I might as well break it down now. Why the fuck not? So my whole theory on this, to get this into, you know, the old uh, MDU, this this was the old... Uh, Museum of, of Strange Things we're going to discuss shortly. Okay, they shut down the Dr. Satan exhibit? Is that what happened? I think it happened many years later. Okay. You know, Ken Forey had the, you know, the empty nest kind of thing going on when Keenan finally went off to college. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe his wife left him. Sure. And then he got he got an email from uh, from someone he never met before, his, his apparent uh, stepbrother, Mr. Captain Spaulding. Oh. He said, hey, what? hey oh, brother, come on down. To my to my gas station slash chicken dispensary. I got a museum here, and uh, let's do a little side hustle. And you know the rest is fucking history. And if you don't, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> Wait, this all. And he said, "You know what? Why the hell not? I always felt like getting into the pimping business." This lines up too well because you want to know why he's he's pimping down there, right? And fucking Michael Berryman's hanging out with him too. It all lines up. You got it, man. And we'll get into that a little bit more later to really uh, put a bow on this. But I think it all makes sense. Maybe the he- maybe the headless knight's house is what they turned into a brothel. It, it's possible. Oh, see, there you go. I think that's. I think you nailed it. I think that's what it is. The fixer upper. They turned into a nice, a nice sleazy hotel. <laughs> this is wonderful. Roger finally went off the fucking deep end and just was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna pimp." I mean, realistically, he probably killed Kel. Yeah, and that was like part of like the reason why he had to get away. That was the jumping off point. <laughs> Keenan goes off to college, they're waving him away, and then Rogers turns and fucking shoots Cal right in the face. <laughs> said, fuck it, and just pulls out a gun and just blows him away. I wasn't waiting much longer than that, okay? <laughs> He's like, he was like, as soon as he seems out of eyesight, you were going down. Oh, please. Kel would be in a fucking suitcase on the way with him to fucking college. Yeah, realistically. But back to what actually happens in this film. They go to this uh, this little freak show museum sideshow thingamajig. And guess who's there? The Dennis Rodman meathead? Well, there's that too. That thing, I, I, I fucking gagged a little when I saw that. Why? <laughs> that meat must have smelled so horrible. Oh, yeah. You, wouldn't, oh ha- you wouldn't have to lean in that far to smell it. Let's, the smell would be permeating from outside of that building. <laughs> um... But yeah, they meet the Shelleys again, her there, and they're like, thanks for the ketchup! Again? And, and Keenan's just like, yeah, not really that big of a deal. Yeah, okay. you guys are weird. Yeah, they, so, they, so they see that fucking Dennis Rodman head. When we're saying Dennis Rodman head, to be fair, this thing has got to be like three by two foot high. Oh, it's huge. Easy. It's huge. They also have the world's largest lemon, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the world's largest ball of string is there as well. Oh, yeah. Pee Wee Herman gave it to him on loan. But the the star of the show is none other than... We need a drum roll. Do you got a drum roll? <laughs> Who is it, John? <laughs> it's fucking Cybo, man. It's Cybo, man! <laughs> Going under the pseudonym of Chimparachi. And uh, we'll make another MD New connection. Well, you know, we, we were talking about fucking Radagast the Brown last week. Charnetsky the Brown, excuse you. There you go. Thank you. I already am fucking up here, guys. Don't invoke his name because he'll come around or drink all your fucking beer. He's going to get out of that recliner and kick my fucking ass. <laughs> I need some chunky chicken. Where the fuck is that monkey? He just he just ate some chicken. He's very mobile. Gunner's in the corner shaking his head. No, not, not, not like this, Charnetsky. Come on. Just stop. Uh, let him talk about the monkey. So, as we talked about in our Super Mario Brothers episode. <laughs> <laughs> the life and times of Cybo Man the monkey. <laughs> uh, 
clearly the, the sleaze ball Italian guy. Well, he got turned into the monkey, and then Dennis, you know, uh, this is Capelli. Yes, Capelli, and then Dennis Miller. What is? It? I can't believe it. I always forget this guy's fucking name. It's embarrassing. Koopa. Koopa. Oh, oh, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper goes monkey. So that's you know that's the origins clearly of yes, Cyboman. That that's like the that's the rough beginnings of Cyboman. Yes. Yeah, so you know Scapelli in his years of trying to figure out okay I'm a fucking chimp with a human's intelligence. <laughs> he picked up the piano at some point and ended up here, and uh, I don't really know where he goes from here to end up in uh, Doctor Angelo's fucking lab, but uh, it's got to be the same ape. I I just have to believe it. It's got to be. Here's how that happened. Doctor Angelo was taking his stupid wife to the city. Uh, <laughs> That thing they that thing they used to do that she got all mad about um, that he doesn't do anymore. You don't take me to the city. You only take me to sideshow attractions. On the way to the city, they stop at this fucking you know five and dime, believe it or not, museum. Which at this point, Connor has been refitted to be Spalding's museum because Ken Ford's come down to help out the man. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And then outside was Cyberman playing his piano. And then Dr. Angelo was like, how would you like for me to do some really unethical tests on you? And Cyberman went, Wah! Yeah, he was like, oh, I, I, I can see you play the piano. Do you want to um, participate in some experiments? By the way, I am fantastically toasted right now. I have no idea where I am. Oh, absolutely. I just killed a bottle of Bushmills. Let's do it. And then it was love at first sight, man. He, talks, he takes the monkey. And this is when his his relationship with his wife falls apart. It's at this moment with Chimparachi. Yeah, Chimparachi ruined his marriage. I I can believe it. You didn't take me to the city. <laughs> I'm sorry I was experimenting on the monkey. You know what's the sad thing about all that? You know, putting that puzzle piece together? You know, I'm, I'm just thinking about when Cyberman got shot yeah. and, and Job was screaming. You know, Cyberman was probably thinking in his head, Fucking Mario <laughs> Brothers! <laughs> Goddamn plumbers! Do you think that Job was, like, semi-clairvoyant because he had, like, a handicap? And he, like, knew about, like, he was Scapelli? If he didn't know then, he knew by the end of it, man. Yeah, man. He And the whole world flashed before his eyes when that chimp got shot. He was like, you were Scapelli, weren't you? You played piano for Ken Forey that one time. This is, this is like, the most important monkey who's ever existed. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the MDU. You, you, you're damn right it is. It just might be, man. More important than Lucy. <laughs> but... In the current timeline of this film, uh, he's still playing songs like uh, Chopsticks, for example. Yeah, and you know what else he's playing? Stevie Wonder's Superstitious. (laughs) Really well, actually. Yeah. Yeah, well well enough to have uh, backing vocals and extra instruments, even though he's just kind of slamming his fingers on on a piano. Oh, man, he's fucking George Clinton all over this fucking thing. He plays superstitious the entirety of it. it. This goes on for like five fucking minutes while everybody's dancing. <laughs> they all sing and dance to it. Keenan Kell, the Shelleys, extras. <laughs> that monkey sure knows how to play superstitious. This is great. I wonder where his backup band is. Whatever. <laughs> They're just under the stage, like chained up like fucking slaves. Oh, the monkey plays. We have to play or else they don't give us dinner. <laughs> we're, we're human beings. How does this make any sense? So then we just... Fuck off. I, I can't remember. Yeah, they fuck off to the giant ball of string. Yes. And Cal has to hug it. Yeah, he's like, I gotta touch it. Oh, now I gotta hug it. And then he initiates a disaster that kills 35 people. And this, this fucking ball of string rolls. It's like Indiana Jones, right? They're running away from this thing and it fucking <laughs> it blows a hole in the side of the fucking building and like rolls down the street. It blows a hole, a hole in the side of this building and the wall seems to be made of like, I don't know, 
eggshell, like paper mache, peanut brittle. I don't know, but it just cracks <laughs> apart. Like it just explodes. Dude, the whole time they're running from this thing, the fucking blue Duna B uh, waltz is fucking playing behind it. You find out later that Shelly breaks her leg diving out of the way of it. So yeah, they fuck it all up. I mean, honestly, I feel like this this yarn ball is still traveling across the country to this day. It could be. But uh, they get the fuck out of Dodge as the cops arrive, and th- this time they actually go to a motel. And uh, you know what? For being such a cheap bastard, Roger uh, buys Keenan and Kel their own fucking room. <laughs> that too, with a vibrating bed. Yeah, you- Keenan gets a lot of use out of that. Meanwhile, you find out Kel didn't pack uh, a toothbrush. He uh, uses Keenan's without his permission, or any underwear. Well, he's got to borrow some of Keenan's. Yeah, that dude. Let me tell you something. That fucking nightshirt looks cozy. He looks like Ebenezer Scrooge in that fucking thing. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got the onesie on. So, so he goes in his suitcase, and he, you know, Ke- Keenan's like, "Well, what the fuck did you pack?" Then he's like, "Ah." He opens his suitcase. He's got multiple other suitcases in there, <laughs> just in case. And he's got an umbrella and two fucking, like, you know, gallon orange sodas in there. I didn't even realize he had the umbrella in the fucking suitcase. Cal has diabetes, okay? <laughs> it's, it's, just the only, it's the only outcome for this. He, he needs to talk to good old Wilfred about that, I think. Wilfred's like, you're, you're beyond my help, okay? I can do nothing for what's happening to your body. I mean, you know what, Connor? I think it just struck me. You said he's an alien. Do you think he was in that fucking ship that Wilfred was uh, hiding from the rest of the crew? I'm all better now. I drank some orange soda. Um, how did you get diabetes? You're not even human. It just, it just wants to go to sleep with some orange soda. It wants to crawl into the ice, and it wants to just drink the orange soda until it just goes to sleep. Until his blood sugar just finally crashes, and he just goes into a comatose. It wants to be us. And drink orange soda. It wants to be a five-year-old who just eats junk food all the time. <laughs> the noose? What are you, I just hang those up for decoration. There's nothing wrong with this thing. It's fine now. It's fine. I won't. I'm not going to violate anybody with my fingers. You know, like Joe was saying, Kel uh, puts the quarter in on the bed. Well, actually, no, he doesn't do that yet. Kel says good night, and then Keaton's like, night? Good night? He's like, I don't want to hear that word. Night. Don't even say it. Oh, yeah, because they saw the fucking, like, they saw the display for this headless night legend. Oh, yeah, right, um, right. The the tourist trap. And he's like, oh, my God, the the headless knight cuts people's heads off and then eats their bodies and then takes their heads and wears them. Also, this, okay, yeah, this myth. It's like, it's about a knight who got his head cut off, but he was fine. The end. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, he eats people, too. With a head that he cut off of somebody else? Yeah, I think that's how that goes. Yeah, but, like, he, he cuts out the most interesting part of that story. Well, it's like, how did he live? It doesn't matter. He puts on new ones and eats people. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of with it. It's fine. <laughs> Lines up with a whole bunch of other movies I've seen, so yeah. sure. And then there's, like, this, like, dude who comes out, and he's like, hi, this is, uh, yes, this is absolutely true. Uh, goodbye. Get the fuck out. And then this they leave. This is totally true. I have th- this night goes with my Bigfoot hair and poop that I have in my house, too. <laughs> this is better than the Patterson-Gimlin footage, I'll tell you what. <laughs> At least this night armor's in focus and you can see it up close. <laughs> it's true, because if it's not true, then I'm out of a job. And isn't, and isn't total bullshit like that film. <laughs> it's almost time. The secret code is Orange Soda. Send us a direct message on Instagram for a chance to win this week's Trick or Trash giveaway. Again, the secret code is Orange Soda. And remember kids, the clock is ticking. Don't miss it.
Yeah, so Cal won't shut up about the knife. He's talking about does he cut the heads off with scissors, knives, whatever. So Keenan finally falls asleep, and he has this fucking dream, I guess, where he he hears a fucking noise outside the hotel room door, and he goes and he and he opens it up, and uh, there's this this big fucking red light, and like Joe was joking about earlier, the fucking guy's like standing right behind him in the in the room, and uh, he spooks him. And then he wakes up. Keenan's like, why is the door open? And Cal's like, oh, the door's open because I didn't want to open the window. And he's like, why didn't you just open the window? He's like, because strangers come in windows. Doesn't Keenan wake up and he sees, like, the shadow of a knight with an axe, but it's it's just Kel with a broom? Yeah. No, it flies water. He smacks in his face. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not with a broom. With a with a gigantic broom size fly swatter that he just smacks Keenan in the face with. That's right. He's like, you got a fly in your head. So Keenan's having some kind of form of PTSD from this uh, this awful nightmarish, uh, well spoken night that he saw in the woods. Question mark. <laughs> Keenan's clairvoyant. That's what it is. He he saw the future. He saw the the impending doom that was going to happen to him and his buddy. I could see it. What if they went off that? And made the, made another season, and 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 Keenan like <laughs> is a psychic, is clairvoyant yeah. now. It's like what's a raven or some shit. Yeah, I was like, that's so Ke- that's so Keenan. That's so. Ke- <laughs> it's just him and Raven Simone, and they have like duelings. They have like fucking psychic battles. Like oh fucking man, Professor Xavier and the fucking Shadow King. It's like fucking Gandalf and Saruman. <laughs> Chernitsky and uh, Gunner, you know? <laughs> it all comes back home. You're not allowed to have those powers, boy. They're just sitting there in lawn chairs with, like, two flasks in their hand. Just like, you want to do something about this? And like, not yet. It's been 25 years since I've had some orange soda. <laughs> <laughs> Pass me the bucket of chunky chicken. Except last time I drank it, it had booze in it. <laughs> where's, <laughs> where's the Seagram's? It was 90% vodka. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Kel puts the fucking bed massager on, and of course, it stays on all fucking night, and, and Keenan wakes up, and his hair looks like Coolio, it's all fucking, like, you know, strung out, all standing up and shit. From being, like, shook by this fucking bed all night? And meanwhile, Kel's like, ah, didn't I sleep great? Didn't you sleep great, Keenan? And he's, like, wide-eyed. Keenan leaps across the room and just, like, strangles him to death. <laughs> It's like the fucking Telltale Heart. <laughs> that no, that's Roger's story. And he buries him in the fucking floorboard. <laughs> yeah, that's Roger's story with with Kel. Ken Foray's like, I did it. I murdered him. <laughs> and he's ripping up the floorboards. He's right there. <laughs> and he's just smiling up at him with a bottle of orange soda next to him. A two liter jammed into up his fucking ass. He just stands, <laughs> he stands back up like a vampire. He's like, I'm okay. <laughs> hey, Mr. Rockmore. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like folded in half. Ken Fora just falls to his knees. <laughs> you can't kill me, Mr. Rockmore. I'm forever. Holy shit. Just opens his mouth and the dead lights come out. <laughs> oh, no. Holy shit, you said he was an alien. Now he's fucking Pennywise? You don't know how powerful this guy he's is. He's an interdimensional being who feeds off orange soda and, and anxiety. That's how he That's how he appears to rock to Mr. Rockmore. His mom could be dead. He could have eaten her fucking body. And he just says, yeah, my mom said it's okay. Yeah, wink, wink. Oh, that's possible. Or he's got like a fucking um, a Norman uh, complex. Maybe. He, he is his mom? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah he is his mom, yeah. <laughs> that's a horrifying thing. 
My mom wrote me this note. But he opens up, like, instead of, like, attacking the knife, he just opens up the shower curtain and sprays you with a highly compressed bottle of orange soda that he's been shaking for 90 minutes. But it, like, melts your skin off? Oh, my God. <laughs> so they fucking are... Uh, <laughs> so they're driving down the fucking road. It's a, it's a dangerous rabbit hole we were going down. Roger gets gas for the car, and he's like, Ah, dollar twenty-three, great deal. So he's talking to this fucking hick, uh, like, guy who runs the gas station, and he's like, yeah, well, uh, it's it's more than you gave me. And he's like, what? It's $1.23. And he turns around, and some other guy working there, like, added a fucking two in front of it. Well, then the guy in the background changes it to a three, and Roger's just like, I'm giving you another $6, and that's fucking it. And the guy just keeps, like, laughing. Like, I don't, I don't get this. It's fucked up. I've had customers, when I worked at retail places, accuse me of doing this, um specifically at a dollar store so i can kind of believe this <laughs> right because you making minimum wage working at the dollar store has it in your power to fuck these people over right connor <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's my mission in life to sneak behind you and change that one dollar sign to a two dollar sign <laughs> oh i'm sorry ma'am these pringles are two for a dollar not just one dollar for one oh. you did that on purpose yes i did <laughs> talk about a bargain hunter jesus so after he gets the gas, he's all fucking pissed off. He got ripped off. This old man, the stereotypical old man, fucking walks up and he's like, Evil! Oh, yeah. You're going to Camp Blood, ain't ya? It's got a death curse. It's got a death curse. Because they're talking about this town called Rockville that this headless knight is from. And he's essentially telling them, like, don't go there. It's bad fucking news. And they all, they all pack into the car and just leave, like, all freaked out. And, you know, Kel's got to be on the nose with it. For all the kids at home that don't get oh, yeah. it, it's just, I guess. It's just like every horror movie that we've ever been in. Huh, that was hilarious. That was like a horror movie. It was exactly like a horror movie. You ever see a horror movie? It was exactly like that. At least this wasn't like Stay Alive where they did it, where you actually like had to go to a theater to see that Ugh. film. This one, you could just like go to the fucking Nickelodeon channel and you're good. You could change the channel. Yeah, there you go. I mean, you could walk out of the theater. Let's be real. I, di- I didn't, but you could have. Yeah, but you, you paid for it. Uh, I've, I've only done that twice. <laughs> you saw it twice? No, I've only done that twice. St- what, saw Stay Alive in theaters twice? No, what? <laughs> I saw it about five times on DVD. Jesus, fuck that movie keeps rearing its ugly head. <laughs> Next season. MDU, Frankie Muniz, welcome to the MDU. They drive for a bit, and uh, Roger gets some fucking lost, and he doesn't want to admit it. But the, uh, the car breaks down. So they're all outside the car arguing about what the hell happened, what's wrong with the car. I thought they got a flat tire. Well, they th- no, no, it's the engine overheated or some bullshit. Well, we find out what happens in a second. Yeah, but before they find out, the Shelleys drive by and they're fucking waving them down. And these motherfuckers just drive by waving back saying, thanks for the ketchup. <laughs> thanks for the ketchup. I'm surprised Roger hasn't looked over to his wife and like, I'm starting to think those people are a little weird. Crazy fucking white folks. Do they? have something to hide yeah the body in the trunk yeah I was gonna say. <laughs> the banana in their trunk the bodies the bodies of bananas oh, that's a good point joe and at this point i think roger basically assumes the position of trying to fix his car for the remainder of the feature and sucks at yeah, it. he's terrible he's i'm not saying i could do a good job but i know when to stop yeah like the sister and the mom actually like figure everything out which is kind of cool i like that angle yeah especially when he's just like poo-pooing them the entire time and they figure it out in like seconds yeah you know you don't know what you're doing and then the little girl like fucking fixes it and like five minutes later i know what i'm doing even after sustaining multiple injuries <laughs> we'll yeah get to that. <laughs> so they send keenan and Kel on their way like up the road and uh it's kind of revealed to them due to like a sign on the side of the road that the direction they need to head in to get help is rockville 
And, of course, Keenan's, like, pissing his britches. But uh, Cal's biggest concern is that uh, he needs a drink of water about 16 seconds after they walk away. <laughs> well, he's dehydrated. All he drinks is soda. Serious diuretic for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he must literally just shit orange like them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This <laughs> orange sludge. His insides must be a churning factory of nothing but stomach acids. Like, just orange soda and fucking melted ham congealed ham yeah i'm sure every public bathroom he goes to has to be closed down condemned and rebuilt he probably just uses the you know the old movie dumpster to evacuate his uh, anal cavity that's f- <laughs> that's fine fucking burn up some of them fucking movies that are down there john hurd gave him his own personal black hole oh man he's the buchanan too i think <laughs> It's like inside him, like <laughs> Kirby or some shit. He's been groomed since birth to be the next super weapon. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what's happening here. There's like a David Cronenbergian fucking thing happening, and it's like, ah, ha, ha, nobody will suspect Kel Mitchell. Doctor, Doctor, Doctor Buchanan, what was the point of this? I don't know. I don't know the point of anything I'm doing. Haven't you listened to all the fucking episodes of this shitty podcast? Were you around when I shrugged my shoulders the first time the Buchanan came around? <laughs> I'm going to destroy everything. Yeah, I don't care. So while they're walking down this fucking walkway or this this dirt road, let's call it, uh, it starts fucking downpouring. And wouldn't you know it? Kel's got a fucking umbrella. You Now, this is a callback. I, 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 I thought he just pulled this out randomly, but you said it's in his suitcase before. Oh, yeah. He makes a big deal about it in the hotel about how he's got an umbrella. Man. That flew right over my head. Because Keenan goes, why the hell did you bring an umbrella? He goes, hey, you're not going to think it's so funny when it rains and you're wet and I'm not. Paid off in spades. Oh, it does. I kind of felt bad for Keenan on this one. Like, Kel, like, what the fuck? Couldn't give this guy a little bit of the umbrella? I don't feel bad for Keenan at all because he is the one who put Kel into the back of his parents' fucking van in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's the author of his own undoing here. Because if he never put him back there, Cal would have never ripped these fucking pretty wires out of the engine and caused the car to fucking break down. How stupid is this guy? I don't know. He's pretty fucking stupid. I mean, I'm surprised he hasn't gotten anybody killed yet. Almost. Cal is the guy that, like, you know, the plot's moving, like, a little bit too well. Like, things are going a little too well for the main character, so they have this, like, guy to fuck everything up there. Are you telling me Cal is an agent of chaos? (laughs) <laughs> he's, he's like he's like an agent of chaos combined with Benny. <laughs> Kel's fucking toss me an orange soda instead of a fucking Budweiser. It's rampant incompetence mixed with like you know a little bit of you know chaos and anarchy. Yeah. So they end up coming upon this fucking mansion, and they go up to ring the doorbell. And it's and it's La Cucaracha? Yeah. Sure is. And Cal's getting down, man. He keeps ringing the fucking bell, and then, like, Michael Berryman opens the fucking door? Yeah, and he's basically, like, mute for most of his role. Yeah. Cal fucking keeps ringing the doorbell, and uh, after ringing it two more times, they go in, and uh, he leads them into, like, the foyer area. And there's this fucking, as Cal puts it, ugly picture, this fucking painting. It's a painting of fucking David Tennant. <laughs> With Scooby-Doo eyes. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be this fucking character, Arthur, that walks in, a.k.a. Time Winters, uh, a.k.a. the fucking Headless Knight himself. A.k.a. John Hurt in disguise. Oh, I can see it. How'd he lose his head, though? Like, okay. what did he do, screw up at one point, and he just, you know, he had to make do? Uh, I think he got curious as what would happen if he cut his own head off. <laughs> And that's and that's where it begins and ends. <laughs> I uh, you know what that that lines up a little too well. 
And it was after he met Victor Frankenstein, so he's got the know-how. <laughs> well, shit, I'll just put any old head on my shoulders. I'll just, I'll, just cut, I'll just cut it off. It's fine. But he keeps his regular head, like, in a glass jar somewhere, so he can just pop that fucker right back yes. on. So he's never truly dead. Yeah. He's got it set up like uh, that fucking woman in uh, the second mo- the second Wizard of Oz movie, where, where she's got the fucking heads on the... Uh, oh, yeah, Return to Oz? Yep. In, in the cases and shit. That's a weird movie that I keep thinking I dreamed up one day, but it's a real thing. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's, it's weird. We're, fucking check it out. They make a haunting joke here, real quick. They do? Yeah. Do you remember The Haunting? Okay, which version of The Haunting? <laughs> the, the remake of The Haunting. Uh, with Liam Neeson? Yes. Yes. Uh, and they all go to that fucking house, and the fucking, like, the Baron or whatever is the is the main ghost guy. They make fun of it in Scary Movie. Yeah, it's, just been, it's been so long since I've seen that movie. I, I saw it when I was, like, a teenager, and I barely remember it. Well, throughout the whole fuck, throughout that whole movie, there's, like, the, the ghosts of the dead children, like, like whispering that the main chick's name, and Kel says something like, Mary, or whatever. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. What a weird cut for them to make a joke. Well, he also keeps going on about this painting being ugly, and doesn't, like, make the correlation that this guy Arthur is the guy in the painting, even though he says he's the guy in the painting, and Keenan even says he's the guy in the painting, and when Keenan and this guy fucking walk off, then Kel's like, oh! Yeah, he's a time lord. It, like, it took him it took him a second for him to process it because of that. He doesn't quite understand the way that humans interact. He, he's still trying to figure it out. Well, you know, he's he's not from our world. Uh, and this is where they get in, they're, they're seemingly invited to a fucking a spooky dinner. Oh, yeah. With fucking Milton Berle? <laughs> is yeah. that who that is? Yeah. Uncle oh Leo. Oh my god. This old crotchety man. He's with his, uh, I guess his uh, nephew or some shit, this guy Harold and his wife Nancy. Takamoto. Yeah, Takamoto. That was that, that. I feel like that's like some kind of joke I'm missing. It's gotta be. And they're like, this is our, this is my grandfather. <laughs> this guy's just calling everyone jerks, assholes, every name under the sun. Uh, oh, he's great, man. But Arthur, uh, aka Headless Knight, is is suggesting that they all, you know, stay there for dinner because the storm's getting really nasty outside, and it's the worst one he's seen in years. Yeah, the cut- the ketchup buddies are there too. Yeah, the Shelleys are there, thanking him for the ketchup again. They're they're just there because it was raining, and they're like, "Yeah, we've decided to stop at the mansion, and we wandered into this haunt, freaky looking house for no reason." Fine, Michael Berryman invited us in. They probably oh oh yeah, then they they have this fucking dinner scene, and the first thing out of these fe- fucking people's mouths once they get their plates is, "Hey, you got any ketchup?" <laughs> And, that, like, at this point, I'm kind of getting sick of it, but then Keenan delivers this classic line. He goes, yeah, they really do love their ketchup. It's just the, the way he fucking says it just gets me. Right right before they sit down to dinner, it cuts back to Ken Forey in the car, and it's fucking pouring. And the the mom is like, all our luggage is on top of the roof, and it's getting soaking wet. And he's like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to grab the luggage and put it in the car? And she's like, no, you can't go out there. It's fucking raining. It's pouring. He's like, I, 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 I got this. And he goes out and he goes up on the fucking roof of the car to try to get the luggage off and gets struck by fucking lightning. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> and the whole time his wife's screaming in the car, <laughs> Roger! An extended electrocution. Like, he gets struck and it's just like it's flowing through his body and it's launched off the car. It looks, it looks like when fucking the lightning strikes the terror dogs in Ghostbusters. Yes. Yeah. 
Or like when a Highlander is like, what the fuck? When they get another immortal's uh, power, like the quickening. Yeah, yeah, the quick- yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then he had, but then he, but then he gets, he's, he's, he's extra lucky because he gets two quickenings. Yeah, because he fucking falls off the fucking hood, and he's like, "What's the odds of getting struck by lightning twice?" And then he gets fucking zapped again. But he's fine though. He gets up, and his clothes are a little singed. That's it. <laughs> yeah, this is this is when we cut back to the mansion, and they make that ketchup line as that the plates come out. And uh, Arthur kind of announces to the group, uh, hey, uh, Nancy, uh, your hands look a little dirty. Why don't you go uh, go wash up? Hey, why don't you go fuck yourself, Arthur? Like, <laughs> and she's just like, oh, uh, okay. And then her husband's like, oh, maybe I should go too. He's like, no, just just sit there. You're fine. You're, you're a useless husband who has no uh, object permanence. The second your wife leaves the room, you just forget about her. Oh, yeah, it sure does. And then... Uh, the headless knight guy's like, oh, uh, my servant Bethel's gonna bring in dinner, but don't make fun of her, and don't mention it, because she was born without eyelids. Uh, and then she walks in and very clearly has eyelids. Well, <laughs> she's just, she's just, like, wide-eyed crazy. <laughs> to be fair, she's doing the whole, like, bug-eye thing. Janine, sorry about the bug-eye thing. The way it's lit, like, she, she tilts her head down, and, like, you can see her eyelids. Like, come on. Well, I don't think they put a casting call out to eyelid this uh people <laughs> can only apply if you can pull off your own eyelids you have to have yeah, no eyelids at all just like the hangover you can only be this movie if you have if you're missing a tooth or if you can pull it out of your head i do like though how every time she gets like close to somebody with the plate of food she like goes out of her way to like look them in the eyes and kel's like oh oh my god you have no eyelids yeah oh no i said violets 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 and Keenan's doing the whole thing where he's like trying to not fucking mention it or whatever. Say it, but he says it. Because <laughs> Kel's like, oh, can I get some orange soda to drink? And he's like, he said drink, not blink. Oh, <sighs> damn it. So they fucking pull the, uh, the old man's like, I'm fucking starving. I'm not getting any younger here. So they take the fucking, so the Bethel takes all the, you know, brings all the food out and they like take the plates off, uh, the tops of the plates off, right? And he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, what, what kind of meat is this? And he's like, oh, it's meat. And he's like, yeah, is it chicken or cow or pig or what? And he's like, oh, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely meat. It sure is. Is it tuna or is it chicken? <laughs> Human? And he's like, no. Uh, and then fucking that Jordan's Burns looking Milton Burl over there fucking eats a piece. And he's like, Ugh, and he fucking spits it on his plate. <laughs> <laughs> Keenan goes, ah, oh, we can't eat this. We're vegetarian. Yeah. Cal's like chowing the fuck down on this. <laughs> and he's like, mm, oh, Bethel, you be- girl, you come to my house. You fucking cook for me all the time. <laughs> he's loving life. It's pretty good. It's pretty funny. Which is like really fucked up when you think about the fact that that was probably some dude's body like cooked up and fed to these people. <laughs> it's a person for sure. And like, I, I like, I also think that Kel might know what human flesh tastes like. And he's like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, it tastes like chicken. So the chick's gone. Well, doesn't she go down the hallway and then, like, Michael Berryman, like, abducts her from a rotating bookcase? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he sure does. And she screams. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, ah! And this guy, Harold, doesn't move an inch. They're like, oh, was that a scream? And uh, Arthur's like, oh, I think it was the wind or the or lightning. Uh, I didn't hear a scream, and everyone just takes him at face value. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, Harold, you need to go to the bathroom. He's like, I don't have to go to the bathroom. He's like, I think you do. And he's like, okay, I'll try. (laughs) Please. To go to the bathroom and never comes back. I'll put my best foot forward. What is that? I joke about like old people not being able to hold it. Like what? what? I just he, he this guy. All of his lines are fucking gold. The old guy. Oh yeah. So he gets up. He's gone. See you later. Have a nice life. 
And, uh, you know, the dinner kind of wraps up, and as, you know... Well, his, like, neck is leaking when he's taking a drink. Oh, yeah, and, and Keenan's the only one that sees it at first, because the Shelleys are so focused on the ketchup and their food, and Kel's, you know, chowing down. And uh, Kel finally turns and sees it, like, as it's, like, squirting out of his neck. Yeah, this fucking headless night guy, like, drinks some water, and it starts fucking shooting out of his neck hole. You know, you, you might think as a headless knight, who's, I guess this is your just your thing that this happens all the time and you probably shouldn't uh, drink during a dinner but you're trying to lure in victims. Well, he's like, excuse me. He goes in the other room and Bethel like rips his head off and like refits it onto him. And she's, he's like, I'm never going to wear this head again. Well, and then Barryman comes in and he's like, did you get, did you put them in the dungeon? He's like, yes. Keenan's like trying to fucking tell everybody that like, or the, whoever's left at the table that like he's the headless guy and like, you know, the legend about the headless knight. And she's like, oh, the one about the, the, the headless knight who finds the ice princess and they kiss each other and the lips get frozen together. <laughs> And Keenan's like, what? No. And Kel's like, I love that one. Just on a side note, I want to know which one of these heads out of like the six or seven people he's killed tonight, he's actually going to wear. Because you got four people that are black. He's a white guy, by the way. Uh, you got this old Milton Burl looking fuck. And you've got the Shelly. So is he wearing the male Shelly's head? Because he's really like the only one that makes any sort of sense. I don't know. Maybe he's fucking the other ones. He's definitely eating them. Oh, my God. Oh, maybe. He wants a little... He wants a little Keenan and Kel prime beef. Oh. So he's related to Corpse Fucker from the mini golf course is what you're telling me. Definitely a possibility. He shares that fucking dungeon with him, man. I mean, if Hurt's involved, you can't, uh, all, you know, all roads lead to Hurt. It's true. It can't be ruled out. He's definitely there somewhere. It's, at one point, which one of these people were related to, like, Vlad the Impaler? Like, how far down the line do we have to go? Oh, yeah, he's like, basically, oh, the... Arthur says, oh, the storm's so bad. Just stay here. Just stay overnight. And Kel and Keenan are trying to talk him out of it, but the Shelleys are like, oh, that would be wonderful. I, I, I'm so grateful I have no words, so I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. So that, so they go in their fucking room, and they're chatting, trying to figure out, like, how the fuck to get out of here. And Keenan is just convinced this guy's the headless horseman after what he saw. <laughs> And uh, Kel's still not sure, so they go to leave the room, and it's locked. And they're like, oh, fuck, let's go out the window. And the window is literally, like, you know, fucking covered in bricks. It's bricked up. And so Kel has the genius idea to just fucking running headbutt this door. And I got to tell you, if this guy wasn't an alien, his neck would be broken. He fucking, his head goes right through this fucking solid wood door. Yeah, and it, it, and he's totally fine. He mm -hmm. pulls it out. The door opens, no problem. Then they, like, go into this study and, like, set off a fucking Rube Goldberg machine. Oh, yeah. And then they knock down, like, a fucking domino of books. Because they're trying to be so quiet. And, of course, this happens. And then, it, like, everything kind of settles. And then, uh... One of these, like, cabinets in this library opens, and they're, like, these cabinets with the glass on them with the books behind them. Is this is where, the, uh, the, when, after they initiate all this nonsense, the one of the knights has a crossbow that shoots at them? Yes. Yeah. And it, like, almost hits Kel. Who seems really fascinated by the fact that he almost got struck with a crossbow bolt in the face. He's, like, looking at left and right and smiling. Like, it's like, oh, that would have been interesting. Death. Something I haven't experienced yet. <laughs> I don't think it wouldn't have mattered, because there's nothing inside his fucking head for it to hit. It just pops like a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> and he grows a new one. <laughs> so Cal, after he pulls this arrow out of the wall, like he closes like the cabinet, you know, window door or whatever, or the cabinet uh, door, and like all this glass along this entire like wall just fucking shatters. And then uh, Arthur comes in. You know, how could you not hear this shit? Uh, I don't know. He comes after them and fucking Keenan grabs like a book and like 
frisbees it at his head and knocks his fucking head off, and then they <laughs> run out of the room. Yep. That's fucking horrifying, by the way. <laughs> that head is attached with, like, just just optimism. That's it. Like, there's no there's no way to keep this thing on long term, it seems. <laughs> well, and they, they find a secret passage, like, kind of by the fireplace that they run down to where this fucking dungeon is, and they find Shelly's, like, basically strapped to these torture devices. Wouldn't you leave these people there and just be like, sorry, I have to leave? Like, uh, oh no, there's no time. You know, Keenan and Keller stand-up citizens. They're, one of them's in the stocks and the other one's in a fucking electric chair. They're, they're pretty happy about it. They're not looking too upset. They're like, this Halloween display is fantastic well this is probably i don't know probably the not greatest part of our trip but we're still having a great time thanks for the ketchup that one time we had ketchup it's no chimparachi we, we saw a monkey play a piano i mean that would have blown my mind also in this room are the severed heads of the other dinner guests and they're just dead I guess. In a Nickelodeon made-for-TV film. Yeah, they're dead <laughs> as fuck. Yeah, in a Nickelodeon made-for-TV movie, there are three severed heads of people who have been murdered. Just lined up. And they look pretty, like, there's, like, blood coming out of the mouth and shit. Yeah, um, and they're just, I'm gonna quote Sean for something, it's just like, they're just there as window dressing. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda, yeah. If you want them. Kel, Kel mentions him, he's like, look, it's the severed heads of the dinner guests, and then no one brings it up ever again well then we have that cliche back going all the way back to fucking rumpelstiltskin where the you know the, the head's directing the body to pick the head up <laughs> let me make it easy for you <laughs> so he finally catches up to them and uh they knock the head off again and this time they're playing fucking monkey in the middle with the head and the fucking harlem globetrotters theme starts playing oh yeah man okay this got a legitimate laugh because he rips his fucking head off and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like tossing it back and forth and fucking it like bites Kel on the fucking hand and shit like Evil Dead 2 everyone is yelling and it's just chaos for about two minutes um, and then this, this fucking Arthur finally gets his head back on and grabs an axe and um, he might as well have grabbed a frisbee um, or uh, a dinner plate or anything because uh, he's really bad with his axe oh yeah well, you know, he goes after them, and I, I forget how they get away. I think, like, he they knock the head off again, and then the body's doing that fucking... The body's trying to find the head again, and they, they save the Shelleys, and they go upstairs. And, and mind you, female Shelly is in a fucking wheelchair with a cat. <laughs> she sure is. And, oh, that's right. I, I don't know if we've really painted a picture of what these people are wearing, but they're basically wearing, like, a Job-ass outfit with the suspenders... <laughs> or not suspenders, the overalls. They're in jeans, overalls, and pink shirts. Job-ass outfit. <laughs> With with fanny packs, these these bright yellow fanny packs. She's got a fucking headband and a fucking backpack with a banana. Yeah, well, and then they they go they go upstairs and Barryman and Bethel are there, and and Bethel has like I think a fucking sword. I don't know what Barryman's holding, like a nightstick or some shit. He's got like a he's got a fucking ball and chain, or, or was he? he's got like a, a mace. A fucking, yeah, mace. And she's got a fucking claymore. They're ready to go. Yeah. So so Keenan grabs like. First, he grabs, like, a wooden cane and smacks it over Berryman. It just breaks. He he grabs another, like, bigger piece of wood, breaks that over Berryman, and then he grabs, like, it looks like a trash bin. That breaks over Berryman, and he's like, oh, fuck, what are we going to do? And the Shelleys jump into action and beat the shit out of these fucking people. Yeah, at some point, uh, like, Shelley, Lady Shelley's cast just disappears. She takes it off and starts beating Bethel with it. <laughs> I, dude, I thought that he that 
Sheldon was going to run Shelly into the fucking, into these people in the wheelchair. Oh, that would have been great. Me too. I, that's what I thought was going to happen. But instead, they both turned Super Saiyan. Their movements were too fast <laughs> to be perceived by the human eye. Like, um, So they, so, they, so after, after a cut, they uh, apparently have them tied up. Dude, there is like, you, uh, you're glossing over this, man. They're like fucking, it's like fast, that fast motion thing where they speed yeah, it up. And right. they're like karate chopping each other and fucking Benny Hill music's playing and they're fucking beating <laughs> each other up and Keenan and Kel are just kind of like pantomiming in the background and he's like what did you did he like fucking Keenan's doing his best fucking Bill Cosby he's like what the karate and the chopping and thingamajiggas he's like the power levels are over 9,000 it must have been over 9,000 the Shelleys just went ultra instinct with the saiyan in the tail and the cutting off of the tail they went super saiyan god Shelly there you go their hair turned fucking blue they start flying around the goddamn house oh boy <laughs> They just Kamehameha beam the house from space and the whole thing's done with. It's the only way to be sure. Then we get the scene where this guy takes this fucking axe as a frisbee and chucks it at them as they're trying to escape. And he accidentally, like, hits the lock on the gate and, like, destroys it. And they're like, oh, okay, we can get out now. Like, first of all, it's not even, like, a small axe. This is, like, a fucking battle axe that he just takes in one hand and just, like, sloppily tosses across his property. Oh, yeah, man. He's like Simon Belmont with that fucking thing. Not he wishes he was because he... <laughs> <laughs> fucking thing with this oh, yeah. thing. No, it's awful. His is terrible. If he was a Belmont, they they've disavowed him a long time ago. Well, that's why he's living by himself. You're not allowed to hunt Draculas, okay? <laughs> He's the Dime Store Headless Horseman, so of course he's got to throw an axe. He fucking throws this axe directly at them, but somehow it goes the opposite way every time. And then, so he, yeah, he breaks the lock on his own gate. And then they get out and they go to their car. They are about to get to the car and they're like, oh, the keys, blah, blah, blah. And then he throws it again. And it somehow gets lodged in a tree that's like 10 feet to the left of them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, how the fuck? What? It's terrible. This 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 head must not have, like, good vision, and that's why he's so upset. He's like, I'm never wearing this head again. It's the shittiest head in his collection. The head's screwed on, and it's not aligned properly to his body, so he keeps looking in one direction, and the body keeps overcompensating. <laughs> Do you think he's got to constantly get new heads because they keep deteriorating into, like, skulls and shit, so he's got to, like, replace them all the time? This head didn't have perfect vision. <laughs> he's completely foiled his own plans for good by wearing this head. <laughs> well, he totally fucks himself over because they finally get in the car and start driving off and he fucking rips his own head off and throws it at him. I don't know what his game plan was. At this point, no, this is this is throwing a hissy fit. Like, he's losing, so he's like, ah! And he's throws his head he starts breaking his toys he fucking throws the hood uh he throws the head on the to the fucking hood of the car and he's like you'll never get away i'll bite your legs off <laughs> the effects like not that i'm really judging the effects on this movie because of like we said it's a fucking made for tv nickelodeon horror movie but like this head just like flies on on screen and just lands like on the decal in the front of the hood and just sticks into it oh yeah man it's a fuck it's legitimately the hood ornament yeah sticks on the hood ornament but there's no blood or anything yeah well it's definitely we're we're, we're hitting that fuck the end of the goosebumps era too and i think they did a lot of that shit oh yeah for sure but like he's on the hood of the car he's like you'll never escape and they just like they hit reverse real fast and the fucking head just falls off not even there's a stop sign <laughs> and they fucking jam on the brakes and the head goes flying and then keenan goes don't worry about the rules of the road just get the hell out of here <laughs> and then the fucking body jumps on the back of the station wagon like the t-1000 like <laughs> so like like you were talking about earlier we cut back to to roger and cheryl and kyra and uh they fix the fucking car 
Roger can't do shit. He, you know, at one point, even it cuts back to them trying to fix it a little bit earlier. And his wife ter- goes to turn the car on and fucking oil sprays all in his face. And uh, the daughter fixes it in like five seconds. She's like, oh, these wires are missing. I have a hair clip that can connect the starter to this. And he's like, huh? And it turns on immediately. So they, they, uh, they're driving towards where the Shelleys are coming from with Keenan and Kel. And uh, they kind of meet up. And again, they thank them one more time for the ketchup. And uh, you, Keenan and Kel are the only ones that see this, but they see the body still hanging on the back of the Shelly's fucking car. <laughs> and they don't say shit. <laughs> they just let it go. They're just like, well, all right. That's their problem now. Well, see ya. I guess they're dying. They really saved our ass. Oh, well. Thanks for the ketchup. Well, that body just found two new heads. <laughs> so they get in the car, and Ken Forey's like, where the hell have you been? He's like, there's a fucking haunted house with a headless knight and a fucking servant with no eyelids, and they're going to kill us? And they're like, oh, you're full of shit. He's like, he's like, I want to see the house, and we're going to that fucking house. I'm like, what? <laughs> I need to prove you wrong, son. <laughs> He, they drive to the mansion and they get out and he gets out. Well, not they. It's just Ken. Ken gets out of the fucking van and he's walking around. And he's like, where is it? I don't see shit. And then uh, the fucking head is just like, hey, Baldy, down here. And Ken Forey looks down. And he's like, hey, you think you can help me out? I changed my ways. I'm not a bad guy. Help me. You don't know me. I'm a severed head in the road. Ken Forey is like literally spooked. Ken Forey shits a brick and just like jumps into the car and then fucking speeds off of course he did it's been a long time since he had to watch jeffrey combs have a stem grow his forehead (laughs) he's not used to this freaky shit anymore (laughs) oh man he thought he left that all behind him huh yeah you know after he got after he got his like after he got dissolved and got better yeah he fucking got he got fucking bitten by one of those crazy jellyfish things yeah there was didn't he like melt or something i can't remember what happened to him i know what something happened something terrible happens to him if it's a if it's a if it's a lovecraft movie with jeffrey with jeffrey combs someone melts <laughs> oh no you know what happens to ken Forey and from beyond he gets fucking killed by those crazy bees they like they like encircle him oh that's right and the and he just like turns into bones and goo yeah they just fucking eat him he got better though yeah <laughs> it's all right he bounced back pretty nice water yeah fluids and fluids and crackers he's fine <laughs> ginger ale yeah. he's all better <laughs> um and that's that's the end of the movie right they just he just fucking runs off they drive off yeah the head is like wait don't leave my nose itches and then we just fuck off to credits. Which, uh, you know, if I was just ahead and my nose niched, I'd be pretty upset about that, too. I'd be more worried about bugs crawling me or, like, a vulture coming down and pecking at my face. But, uh, you know, itchy nose would be pretty annoying. Wait a second. How does this work? Like, does his soul get transferred to the head or or what? I, You know what, Joe? Uh, I don't know, but I still love this fucking movie. <laughs> I can't answer all these questions. Usually I would be the one asking these questions, but in this time, I'm okay. I'm good. I don't need an explanation for the nonsense going on in this film. So what treat is this in our treat bags, fellas? This uh, this is Smarties. Um, <laughs> and it's Smarties because as a child, I gobbled this shit up, uh, and there was no such thing as too much of it. But as an adult, there was about 35 minutes too much of this, and I can't do it anymore. <laughs> so at one point, this must have been delicious. But as an adult, I can't. I, I, my threshold for it is very thin. Um, uh, but I don't know. It's nice to fucking go explore this era of Nickelodeon again. Because I don't know what Nickelodeon looks like now. But I'm sure it's not this. This is also like 
a very charming little uh, time capsule of this era, as evidenced by how it opens with Coolio with a full head of hair and multiple uh, <laughs> multiple of his little fucking ponytail dreadlocks things instead of just one sticking out of the middle of his head like he's from Whoville. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it's fine. I don't particularly care for all of it, but I I enjoyed most of it, I guess. Um. This is a stick of fruit stripe gum for me. Okay. Just one? <laughs> J- just a single <laughs> stick of fruit stripe gum. And it you know, like you get you get the piece and like we like right. We were so excited when you were a kid to get this fucking gum, right? And you, you, the rapper's got a fucking tongue tattoo on it or a temporary tattoo that we used to put on our tongues and and you get the fucking stick of gum and it's delicious for like a minute and a half. And I feel like this didn't age well for me. Um, I again, like Connor said, like I love this as a kid. Um, it's it's funny. Like I laughed a bunch of times, but like I don't know if I'd ever watch it again. Only because like it 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 hits that point where like it's like sad. Keenan and Kel, like it's on its way out, and it feels like it's on its way out. Like nobody's particularly happy to be there. I don't think, except maybe Kel Mitchell. Um, Ken Forey's great, but I, I, I don't know. It, it just feels kind of like it hit its end of the road. And like Sean was saying before, like you know, this was the this was the send off to the series. And um, I feel like that series was such a big part of Nickelodeon and like um, not Nick at Night, the other thing, uh, Snick. Snick, Snick, yeah. It was such a big part of Snick and like that lineup, and. Um, I don't know. It kind of it it kind of goes out on like a wet fart for me. Like it, it like it's funny, but like I needed a little bit more uh, to this. It's not a bad Halloween uh, special, but and it, it's not that great either. It's totally fine. I mean, the monkey's definitely worth watching. <laughs> um, Cyborg Man strikes again, guys. I, man, that that fucking monkey scene is funny. There are a bunch of good laughs in this. Um, it's just kind of very, you know, it, it it was sweet at first. And it lost its flavor really quick. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay. I don't know if I need an hour and in change of this, you know. I'd rather watch Good Burger or just like a regular episode. Yes, I I can't wait to watch Good Burger. Yeah. And, like, and going into this, I was like, oh, yeah, it should remind me of that. It really didn't. Because Good Burger is like surreally uh, off the wall and insane. Uh, like that movie has stuff about illegal nutrients in hamburgers like it's fucking strange and this just isn't i mean it has abe vagoda saying hey i think i broke my ass i think i broke my ass (laughs) yeah well again like all of that all of that luster is completely gone again like that and they're young as fuck in that movie and it's so funny and like on point and i just feel like this is just like we're tired of doing this let's just get it over with also i could be wrong but i think this is also towards the period where like snick as we knew it and that block of tv is going to die soon yeah it's gonna dissolve i I think so too and uh so so yeah fruit stripe gum sweet at first loses his favorite flavor quick but you know it was a nice trip down memory lane um well i guess i already said i love this movie so (laughs) it's uh for me this is this is not it's a milky way but it's not a regular Milky Way. So, like like I said, I used to be huge into fucking Keenan and Kel when it was airing on TV. 
And for me, this was just, you know, a fucking trip down memory lane. And it's not just a regular Milky Way, because, you know, as a kid, I used to eat these fucking things all the time. Now, as an adult, if I'm going to get a candy bar, I'm going to reach for a Snickers or a Carmelo. But uh, back in the day, I was a Milky Way guy. And uh, I'm going to say this is like a Simply Caramel Milky Way, to be specific, because the series is a Milky Way in and of itself. And you get this fucking beautiful, uh, headless night fucking horror-themed send-off episode, and it, it gets brought up from a regular Milky Way to a Simply Caramel. You get all that delicious, uh, gooey, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here, delicious, gooey mess in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) That could be a good or bad thing. That I was totally on board for. Uh, I thought this movie, listen, it's a made-for-TV movie, you know, aimed at kids and fans of Keenan and Kel. Um... We've done some other movies in that vein of like that are aimed at kids that I haven't been so into. So I can understand if uh, people want to call me out on being a hypocrite. I'm okay with that. I really enjoy this film. Um, I'm sure if I went back and actually watched Keenan and Kel the show and then watched this, my opinion might sour. But uh, I've got to be honest, guys, that last season of Keenan and Kel was already on its way out from what I remember. Yeah. So uh, this kind of lines up. And uh, I had a really good time watching this. And uh, ever since I looked it up about a month or two ago when I thought I wanted to do it for uh, Trick or Trash and I saw that Chimparachi scene, (laughs) uh, I've been thinking about it pretty much nonstop since then. So I'm glad we finally got it out of my system. It all hinged upon Chimparachi. I mean, I don't know if it all hinged on Chimparachi, <laughs> but it was a very, you know, it weighed the scale. Yeah. Let me be clear. I mean, this is fine. It's just kind of blah to me. That's all. No, yeah. yeah. I, I, listen, I totally get it. It's not offensive or anything. Like, it's not like, oh, this, this show sucks. Like, it's it's just fine, you know? And I mean, like, you do have to kind of go into it with that backstory of knowing about Keenan and Kel. Like, if you watch this movie without any of that, like, I feel like you wouldn't like this film. Um, whereas Good Burger, to be fair, you can kind of just go in and watch that movie and love it or hate it. You, you're going yeah. to Good Burger to observe it. <laughs> yeah. Um, to uh, to go back to that Snick thing, Snick started in 1992, and this movie came out in 2000. Snick would end in 2005. Wow. Okay. So it was it was definitely like there was that block. I remember when I was uh, watching it, where it was like, you know, all that was kind of on its way out before they had this revival recently, but. You know, you had Danny Tamborelli on that. You had uh, that guy Fluffy. What the fuck's his name? Uh, oh, Gabriel Iglesias? Gabriel Iglesias was on the last season. I didn't know that. It was weird. It was a weird fucking show towards the end. Um, Dude, we I we graduated in 2005. Or I graduated in 2005. We, we, all, we all three of us should have. Well, I was 06, but same ballpark. Sean was one behind us. But, like, I graduated high school in 2005, and Snick was still going on. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, crazy. And huh. it changed to Teen Nick after that and then right. formally ended as a programming block in 2009 and now it doesn't go by any name at all. Man, do you remember, do you, just real quick, do you guys remember like getting ready for Snick, man? Yes. Yeah, like get like it was like TGIF and fucking Snick, dude. That those were the shit. That was great. I knew when bedtime was, or at least good TV was over, because as a kid, I was not a Nick at Night fan. So when the fucking Happy Days theme song came on, the TV got turned off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, I put the, the the TV timer went on, and I went to sleep. Or the Partridge Family. That shit was like it was it was like time for me to go to sleep. <laughs> I either got the popcorn bowl out to share with the family, or I had this monster bowl of ice cream that I. I thought would last like 
an hour or two, you know, being a dumb person back in the day. Now, you know, besides the fact that it would have melted, you know, I'm just a nutcase and I eat it in about five minutes flat. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, you know, get brain freeze the rest of the night. <laughs> but that's what I remember. But then my attitude towards those shows would come back to haunt me years later when someone was like, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air is coming to Nick at night. I was like, oh, no. Oh, wait a second. I'm, I'm the people <laughs> I didn't like at some point. Well, Connor, we're at that point where these shows were on 30 years I, ago. I, I yeah. Know. I don't know, man. I, I just miss I miss Nick and like Are You Afraid of the Dark and getting ready for that. And I miss TGIF and like sitting down with the family and like watching like Family Matters and Full House and shit. Uh, good times. Right there with you, man. I can live without Full House, but the rest of that sounds fantastic. So that's it. That's Keenan and Kel, colon, two heads are better than none from 2000, directed by Michael Grossman. Hey, everybody, if you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us anywhere you get your podcasts, and make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show, because it helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster and into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at Movie Dumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. Pass it around, 11 bottles of orange soda, on the wall, ah, what, that's it, what, you just gonna stop at 11, damn, you mean we had to sit through a million bottles of orange soda on the wall, and you just gonna stop at 11, you're not even gonna finish, yeah, I'm tired of that song. They are. Isn't that a little chancy? I mean, this is Halloween. Is that when all the creepy things are supposed to stock the earth? It deals with demons. Demon resurrection and those forces which roam the forest and dark bowers of man's domain. The first few pages warn that these enduring creatures may lie dormant but are never truly dead. It's Halloween, gentlemen. It's Halloween. Have you forgotten? They're coming to get you, Barbara. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Trick or treat. <laughs>